Letter seventy nine of Pamela, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. Pamela, Volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter seventy nine. A new misfortune, my dear lady. But this is of God Almighty's sending, so I must bear it patiently. My dear baby is taken with the smallpox. To how many troubles are the happiest of us subjected in this life? One need not multiply them by one's own willful mismanagements. I am able to mind nothing else. I had so much joy, as I told your ladyship in the beginning of my last letter but one, to see, on our arrival at the farmhouse, my dearest Mr. B., my beloved baby, and my good parents, all upon one happy spot, but I fear I was too proud, yet I was truly thankful i am sure but i had notwithstanding too much pride and too much pleasure on this happy occasion i said in my last that your dear brother set out on tuesday morning for tunbridge with my papers and i longed to know the result hoping that everything would be concluded to the satisfaction of all three for thought i if this be so my happiness must be permanent but alas there is nothing permanent in this life. I feel it by experience now. I knew it before by theory, but that was not so near and interesting by half. For, with all my pleasures and hopes, in the midst of my dear parents' joy and congratulations on our arrival, and on what had passed so happily since we were last here together in the birth of the dear child, and my safety, for which they had been so apprehensive, the poor baby was taken ill. It was on that very Tuesday. His papa set out for Tunbridge. But we know not it would be the smallpox till Thursday. Oh, madam, how are all the pleasures I had formed to myself sickened now upon me? For my billy is very bad. They talk of a kind sort, but alas, they talk at random, for they come not out at all. I fear the nurse's constitution is too hale and too rich for the dear baby had i been permitted but hush all my repining ifs except one if and that is if it be got happily over it will be best he had it so young and while at the breast oh madam madam the small appearance that there was is gone in again and my child my dear baby will die the doctors seem to think so they wanted to send for mr b to keep me from him but i forbid it for what signifies life or anything if i cannot see my baby while he is so dangerously ill my father and mother are for the first time quite cruel to me they have forbid me and i never was so desirous of disobeying them before to attend the darling of my heart and why for fear of this poor face for fear i should get it myself but i am living very low and have taken proper precautions by bleeding and the like to lessen the distemper's fury if i should have it and the rest i leave to providence and if mr b s value is confined so much to this poor transitory sightliness he must not break with his countess i think and if i am ever so deformed in person my poor intellects i hope will not be impaired and i shall if god spare my billy be useful in his first education and be helpful to dear miss goodwin or to any babies with all my heart he may make me an humble nurse too how peevish sinfully so i doubt does this accident and their affectionate contradiction make one 
I have this moment received the following from Mr. B. Maidstone. My dearest love, I am greatly touched with the dear boy's malady, of which I have this moment heard. I desire you instantly to come to me hither, in the chariot with the bearer, Colbrand. I know what your grief must be, but as you can do the child no good, I beg you'll oblige me. Everything is in a happy train, but I can think only of you, and, for your sake principally, but not a little for my own, my boy. I will set out to meet you, for I choose not to come myself, lest you should try to persuade me to permit your tarrying about him, and I should be sorry to deny you anything. I have taken handsome apartments for you, till the event, which I pray God may be happy, shall better determinate me what to do. I will be ever your affectionate and faithful. Maidstone, indeed, is not so very far off, but one may hear every day, once or twice, by a man and horse. So I will go, to shew my obedience, since Mr. B. is so intent upon it. But I cannot live if I am not permitted to come back. Oh, let me be enabled, gracious father, to close this letter more happily than I have begun it. I have been so dreadfully uneasy at Maidstone, that Mr. B. has been so good as to return with me hither, and I find my baby's case not yet quite desperate. I am easier now I see him, in presence of his beloved papa who lets me have all my way, and approves of my preparative method for myself, and he tells me that since I will have it so, he will indulge me in my attendance on the child, and endeavor to imitate my reliance on God, that is his kind expression, and leave this issue to him, and on my telling him that I feared nothing in the distemper, but the loss of his love, he said, in presence of the doctors and my father and mother pressing my hand to his lips, My dearest life, make yourself easy under this affliction, and apprehend nothing for yourself. I love you more for your mind than for your face. That and your person will be the same, and were that sweet face to be covered with seams and scars, I will value you the more for the misfortune, and glad I am that I had your picture so well drawn in town, to satisfy those who have heard of your loveliness, what you were, and hitherto are. For myself, my admiration lies deeper, and, drawing me to the other end of the room, whisperingly, he said, The last uneasiness between us, I now begin to think, was necessary, because it has turned all my delight in you, more than ever, to the perfections of your mind and so God preserves to me the life of my Pamela. I care not for my own part. What ravages the distemper makes here, and tapped my cheek. How generous, how noble, how comforting was this. When I went from my apartment to go to my child, my dear Mr. B met me at the nursery door, and led me back again. You must not go in again, my dearest. They have just been giving the child other things to try to drive out the malady, and some pustules seem to promise on his breast. I made no doubt my baby was then in extremity, and I would have given the world to have shed a few tears, but I could not. With the most soothing goodness he led me to my desk and withdrew to attend the dear baby himself, to see his last gaspings. Poor little lamb, I make no doubt. In this suspense, my own strange hardness of heart would not give up one tear, for the passage from that to my eyes seemed quite choked up, which used to be so open and ready on other occasions affecting ones too. Two days have passed, dreadful days of suspense, and now, blessed be God, who has given me hope that our prayers are heard, the pustules come kindly out, very thick in his breast, and on his face, but of a good sort, they tell me. They won't let me see him, indeed they won't. 
what cruel kindness is this one must believe all they tell one but my dear lady my spirits are so weak i have such a violent headache and have such a strange shivering disorder all running down my back and i was so hot just now and am so cold at this present anguishly inclined i don't know how that i must leave off the post going away with the assurance that i am and will be to the last hour of my life your ladyship's grateful and obliged sister and servant p b end of letter seventy nine